right, guys, welcome back to the NASCAR portion of the Flag Hunting Podcast, talking through uh, Michigan International Raceway, the Firekeepers Keeping 400. But first and foremost, uh, pretty big week for the NASCAR community last week in Richmond. Uh, not just Sam Mayer, kind of community favorite winning on the Xfinity Series at Road America, uh, but obviously a 50-1 to 1 long shot coming home for a lot of those on uh, NASCAR Twitter in the outright market in the Cup Series. Winner Richmond, Chris. Um, I know you had a couple props on Busher. We're pretty high on Busher in terms of the practice splits. Um, end up going in another direction on the on the outright card with with Bell and kind of trusting some of the bigger names. But man, I got to give credit to all those sources out there that have practice data, like up to date lap data, because uh, Busher, Almirola, and Bubba had a really fast Saturday, and then go go figure, they were fast on Sunday. So um, yeah, maybe maybe. Uh, Proving us a little obsolete recording here on Tuesday when when three guys that were maybe 50 to one outright uh, a week ago were with three of the fastest cars in the field. But yeah, pretty sick race at Richmond, I thought. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like um, there were a lot of guys that, that could win it, a lot of kind of variants, a lot of mistakes were made at the top of that field. So um, it was frustrating at points, but uh, I know for a lot of the community, they, they cast a pretty big busher ticket. So talk us through, man, Richmond, kind of what you learned and uh, your, your weekend as a whole. Yeah, I think I'm going to quote uh, Skybox NASCAR, a.k.a. Mark Harris, on this one. I saw that he commented on Jeff Gluck's poll, because Jeff Gluck's poll only came out to be like 55% of people liked the race. Yeah. Uh, or it was a good race or whatever. And Mark replied back to it and said uh, the 55% was the gamblers, because yeah. the gamblers <laughs> love this race. Um, so, I mean, maybe we're a little bit biased, but, yeah, I mean, we didn't even have a winning outright, but we had a pretty good prep week. Um, and I'd still – quite enjoyed that race i thought it was a lot of fun there was a lot of strategy involved tire wear right we love tire wear we yeah. had a ton of it uh you know that's not a race where you can just pit for two and and hope to stay out and make up ground like we saw it happen to truex like he tried that strategy and he got molly Wops, you know like tw- yeah 20 laps to go and busher was just around him that quick um but yeah honestly really fun race um like you said all the credit goes to, you know, NASCAR Domus, Highline Betting, I Face Race, all those guys who have the practice data out there for us. Because this week, this was one of the weeks where it's, it was honestly, it was not a fallacy. Like, it was all very true. Like, everybody that was fast in practice was fast in the race. Like, we didn't get caught with our pants on really anybody. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess maybe other than the Hendrick cars. There were some Hendrick guys who showed out pretty well in practice, but did not look good in the race. But, you know, like, like you said, a lot of busher tickets. Um, I saw a lot of um, Almirola tickets out there. Um, I saw a lot of Ryan Priest top four tickets, which of course didn't cash, but Brian, there's a lot of Ryan Priest tickets out there I saw, and he finished fifth in the race. Yeah. Um, Good week for Ford as a whole. Ford as a whole, like, I mean, this was like, I mean, they've been, since the Coke 600, they've been like really lacking. We thought that maybe they turned a corner in Charlotte. Uh, it's not been the case. JGR and Hendrick have still owned the day as far as the NASCAR Cup Series, but uh, you had not only, obviously, an RFK driver winning, but you had, you know, I think, four SHR cars inside the top 15. Uh, Legato just gets up there and steals a finish like he always does. So, um, so the yeah, Lasky was leading a bunch of laps as well. Yeah, exactly. so just, yeah, yeah. Fords are, and actually, to even further your point, SHR all force cars finished in the top 11, which I don't think has happened <laughs> in a while. <laughs> um, so, five have been a tough, have been a tough ask. Uh, unfortunately for us, you know, if you'd have told me when the day began that oh, Fords had a really good day and all SHR was the top 11, I would have said, oh my god, I'm throwing everything on Kevin Harvick. Uh, yeah. which we kind of did and it felt like he couldn't he couldn't get past seventh place like he was just stuck in like seventh to tenth and like couldn't advance whereas like you know we saw priest now marola be able to like make their way through the field um that was a little frustrating but yeah. i i just love harvick at those tracks at that that kind of you know um 
profile, track profile. Um, I'm never going to not bet him, but um, Almirola, man, he continues. I don't know if he's going to be around next year or not, but continues to like really surprise me in the short flats. I feel like, I feel like every time I, every time I bet him, I get him wrong. So this is, this is a week where I at least got pretty close. Like we had a top four ticket on him. Uh, obviously busher cash force top four as well, but um, I felt pretty good about the Almirola ticket until he got that penalty to, to go to the back, um, but still was able to make his way up to the front, which, you know, another guy on our card couldn't do. Christopher Bell could not make his way back to, back to the front after getting that penalty. So yeah, like you said, a lot of really fun moving parts. A lot of guys were able to move their way up to the field. A lot of guys weren't, you had strategies going on. Um, you know, I think this is the short track package. I think was worked pretty well here. I know they did a test actually yesterday after the race, um, testing out a new aerodynamic package at these short tracks. So we'll have to see what that kind of looks like next year. But, um, Richmond seems to be working. <laughs> That's one of the other short tracks, I think. I mean, maybe Loudon, I guess, but Richmond seems to have the best track record with this package. I don't know if you agree or not, but. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um, I'm trying to think back to some Richmond races. I mean, I, I know the the fuel mileage race or not the fuel, the tire, like the, the tire wear at Richmond, I think is more conducive to just exciting finishes, yeah. whether it's a green flag run or you get a late caution uh, with how many teams have to go out and stop for for tires even if it's you know four laps to go uh but i remember you know the byron hamlin harvick duel a couple years back where byron stayed out in tires and hamlin yeah uh, sick finish so it's it, it's definitely prone to a lot of like late race drama um and yeah definitely i think when you i feel like when you when you have tire wear it's like it's easier to make um it's easier to trust the numbers you see on saturday i feel like mm-hmm that's really when like you have to lean into what, like you said earlier with Thomas and Highline betting and I fancy a race where um, these guys that were good on the long run, like Busher and Almirola and, and, <clears throat> and even Bubba to some extent on Saturday, like it was very clear that that speed carried over um, like, like pretty much across the board. Whereas I feel like sometimes you can get a bit of a flash of the pain on some of these other, other tracks. Um, so yeah, I like, I obviously like the fact there's tire wear and that you can, you can be on the long run and it feels like the cream tends to rise rise to the top um you know even though the guys like carving and bell didn't really um definitely underperformed um based on consensus but um but yeah i i've, I've always I mean, we talked about it after the Darlington race that i that i went with to you just like in terms of a race fan like i always you know tire wear is kind of like the, fir- the firm and fast conditions that uh, on the golf course right like you can't really hide yeah. you know like you you can't really fake it around like uh, a track like richmond where you're just going to be getting run over if you're uh, if you're not suited for the long run so um those are the races i was like i'm gonna kind of pose a, a question to you real quick talking about kevin harvick um seeing that it feels like he's he's definitely a bit more consistent um than maybe we're used to seeing maybe outside of the road courses like harvick always it feels like harvick's been kind of consistently a top six to ten or twelve car uh most weeks he's currently sixth in the uh, playoff standings if we're looking at the futures market. He's currently 25 to one to win the championship. We know Harvick is obviously one of the best performers at Phoenix year in your route. If SHR has truly figured something out, if that team is, is, you know, can get through the hurdles, you know, um, of the first round of the playoffs. Like I feel like Harvick at 25 might be a move. I'm, I'm looking to make in the, in the play in the championship futures market, especially when you look at around him, right? Like Kozlowski's 20 to one Reddick's 20 to one. Uh, Busher's thirty-three to one. Chase Elliott's eighteen to one. Like of all that kind of group of eighteen to thirty-three, like Harvick would be my kind of my guy right there. I think he's maybe going a little bit more under the radar than than um than he should be at this point in the season. So um, 
would love your thoughts on kind of Harvick's championship prospects. Obviously, um, you know, not going to be favored compared to the likes of HMS and JDR at the top. But if you're looking for a dark horse, I think the fours, you could definitely do worse than, than that four at 25 to one. No, I, I definitely agree. I, I saw that number sitting out there too and kind of thought about it. Um, just looking through the rounds here, I feel like I just feel like the first two rounds are so tough. Yeah. For Harvick, though, because you've got Darlington, Kansas, and Bristol, which, you know, I think he runs well enough at Darlington and Kansas, and he should be good at Bristol. And he's six standings too, so he should have that buffer to kind of, unless he has a disastrous race, he should be good to get through that. Yeah, and then the next round is Texas, Dega, and the Roval. So just I feel yeah I feel like another (laughs) another really tough one for Harvick. So like you know I feel like obviously where they excel is the short tracks, and we don't really see one until you know obviously Bristol and Martinsville, and Martinsville is the race for the championship. So like he's. I think that second round is really what he's got to make it through. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, 25 to one is like you said, that's it's pretty convincing for how consistent he's been. Um, I'm showing him as 10th in total speed on the full year. Yeah. Um, so that's like all tracks. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's, that would be one way to go out, wouldn't it? Though that'd be pretty awesome. I'd be definitely want to root for that. Like Harvick isn't a guy I've really loved my entire career, my entire racing fan career, but uh, I think that'd be something I would like to root for. So, yeah. yeah, it's just it's just like yes, he's been consistent, but sometimes it takes a little bit more than just consistency to get to yeah. the playoffs. Like if you can get like a win just to secure yourself. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, like if he was to get through that second round, that Texas, what did I say, Texas Dega Roval, yeah. Uh, if you're not on him already at that point, you should be. Because after that point, I think he's pretty set. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like, if he kind of reminds me in a little way of like Chastain last year, who like he just didn't really shoot himself in the foot. Like Harvick was never like moving backwards in the standings. He was always kind of trickling a bit more. And I, I understand Trackhouse probably had more speed week in week out than than SHR does in the four car. But um, like if he can just kind of dink and dunk his way, maybe snatch a win. At, at you know, I mean, he's not been bad at the Super Speedways. He's finished inside the top ten in two of the four uh so far this year so you know maybe like a i don't know it'd be hard for talladega but um the thing is like the 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 point is right like if he gets to phoenix he's all of a sudden like a favorite or co-favorite yeah you know like like he is the like he is the most dangerous name outside of what truex and hamlin and larson like at phoenix maybe byron in there as well so that's kind of what you i mean that's just maybe a broader discussion on championship futures is like yeah it's all well and good for him to get there you know like briscoe last year could have gotten there um, a few guys in the past, but yeah, I mean, if, if you don't have the ability to win at Phoenix, like you really have no business being on a championship card. And I feel like Harvick's one of those guys where at 25 to one, six in the standings, like he's definitely, I think presents a bit of value there, uh, to win the championship. I can be convinced for sure. And I just actually went back and looked at this point last year. So yeah. at Michigan last year, uh, Joe Logano was 13th in total speed. So, and all it took for them was they reeled off a win um, in the – was it the first round last year? I'm trying to remember when they got that win. No, uh, they didn't win until the third round, right? It was – Yeah, they won Vegas, right? Yeah, and they just kind of sat back. So, yeah, um, yeah for sure. If, if, if Harvick can make it in, just get one win to kind of streamline his, his um, 
momentum. Yeah, I think for sure, twenty-five to one is is certainly very alive. And and that's and the other thing is like, yeah, there's some really strong teams at the top. Like I think we both agree, Truex and Hamlin and Larson and Byron all pretty strong. But like, there's not a ton of depth. I feel like in NASCAR, like as far as like championship contenders, there's only like really four, maybe I don't know, maybe maybe five. If you want to like give some respect on Joey Logano, the defending champion, but that team has not shown the speed week in week out that we saw towards the end of last year. So, um, like, it kind of feels like, you know, there, there's a lot of teams that are kind of ready to beat themselves almost, right? Like, I could, I could, I could kind of see Harvick just backing his way deeper into the playoffs than you might think, and all of a sudden, like, you get to the final eight, and you're like, oh, shit, like, Harvick is going to get to Phoenix, and he's going to be four to one to win. So, um that would kind of be my thing if, if one of those, like if God forbid, like a Truex, Larson, Byron, or Hamlin slip up, like that fourth spot is up for grabs for anybody. Like I don't like right now, Kyle Bush is seven to one and um like Bell's ten to one. Like I, I don't see like the huge difference in those guys compared to like Harvick or even like a hell, even like a Kislaski or Reddick, like a little bit further uh, down. So yeah, that's uh, probably enough, yeah. Probably enough championship future top for the uh, start of August. Uh, but I had to get that piece in there, seeing a twenty-five to one. Um on a former champion just just a couple years ago, right? 2020 was when uh, Harvick won uh, during the COVID year. So um, something to something to maybe monitor if you want a long shot uh, rooting interest in the sport of NASCAR. But let's go ahead and get, I guess, into the task at hand uh, this week. The Firekeepers Casino 400 uh, at Michigan Raceway. Um, usually I have like a creative blurb to, <laughs> to, to kind of lead into. I don't have a lot about Michigan, I'll be quite honest with you. I just remember... Uh, me, you, and our boy John going to like the saddest bar in Greensboro and, and watching our bubble walls to get uh, evaporate before our eyes. Kevin Harvick, um, another mention in the first 20 minutes of the podcast, but Kevin Harvick obviously won the race here last year. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think this is for NASCAR fans like like the preliminary podcast I listened to and what I've kind of heard going into Michigan is like I think I think y'all have kind of the finger pretty. Uh, pretty well on the pulse of this racetrack. Like, I don't think there's going to be a lot of surprises this week. Uh, I think this is a week that um, tends to be pretty top-heavy. I don't think we expect, uh, like, a surprise winner at Michigan, but I could be wrong, and, and Chris is going to give us, uh, obviously, his breakdown, his uh, his data points he's looking at uh, for Michigan this week. So, Chris, you got the floor, man. Firekeepers, Casey, 400. Give us the breakdown of Michigan, and let's uh, see what bets we, uh, we want to make on a Tuesday night. Yeah, I'd say that was a pretty good um, intro there because – as we get to the betting card or start talking the outright odds, uh, there's a pretty clear drop off, I think. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll talk that through. But yeah, so we are going to uh, Michigan International Speedway. It is in actually Brooklyn, Michigan, um, and it is a two mile high speed intermediate D shaped oval. Um, so very much a um, a track that you can need to generate a lot of speed on the straights. Um, that you're not going to have, it's going to be a lot of like, you can even somewhat kind of draft on the straights to kind of get you in position to make moves. Um, but yeah, very much a similar to like a, like what we just seen at Pocono. Um, uh, another comp track is, is Kansas. Um, and then another one I'm going to talk about in a minute, but um, I do want to quickly call out a uh, friend of the pod, Eric um, on Twitter. I think it's props by all-star game. Eric, I believe is the, ha- is the Twitter handle. Um, he's going to be in attendance at the race with his um, fiance. Um, I think it's, it's her first, I think, NASCAR race. So he's bringing her. Um, so if you're out there, give him a shout. Um, so definitely jealous of that. I think this will be a fun race to go to. Very, very high speed. So uh, if you're yeah. going to go to a track, this is going to be a lot of fun. 
Um, so yeah, let's talk about, let's go back to the comp tracks. Um, this a year ago today, this was one of the most widely debated topics in the NASCAR betting circle um, because it's not often that a lot of people disagree with iFancy Race, but iFancy Race does list Auto Club as a main comp for Michigan. Um, and Chris Worm, Brian Murphy, um, trying to think of there's somebody else, some really names that I respect in this circle were vehemently against using Auto Club because Auto Club is, is very high tire wear. Michigan is not. Michigan is little to none on, on the tire wear. It's um, so it's, I actually I am listing Auto Club as I have do have like one data point for Auto Club, but it's not my main point of reference. Um, so my main point of reference um, is Kansas, which um, I think Race does list this as other primary, but I actually have a kind of a 1A, 1B. Um, I'm actually going to use my 1B as Vegas as the other uh, comparison here, which I think is probably going to be not as popular. But um, if I'm using the same, um, what's the word for? Yeah, formula that I've been using for the past few weeks, where I've, I think I've called it out a bunch, but Greg Mathurin uses, where he kind of looks at the actual speeds being run on the track, total speed, average speed. So Michigan, last year, we ran a pole speed of 190.70, and our average speed was 137.82. I looked at all the tracks this year to see what I could come up with to be the most comparable, and it was Vegas. Vegas, pole speed, 186.05, average speed, 142.98. So average speed a little bit quicker, pole speed a little bit slower, or the top speed a little bit slower, but closest by a mile, closest than, closer than Kansas, closer than Charlotte, closer than the Auto Club. Um, so I am putting a lot of emphasis on Kansas and Vegas as my primary comps um, to this track. I am also bringing in data from um, Pocono and Auto Club, like I mentioned, um, because we are, are actually using the same left side tire combination that we used at Auto Club, Vegas, Kansas, Nashville, and Pocono. I'm excluding Nashville. I don't see any comparison that you could possibly use at a high speed two mile intermediate to a one mile short track um, or 1.25 mile, whatever it is. So I'm not using Nashville, but I am using the other ones, obviously with an emphasis on Vegas and Kansas. But I also do think Pocono is pretty interesting too, because we were just there um, and it's very high speeds as well. Very similar. Obviously we've got bank turns rather than flat turns, but still the idea is still there. Top speed is very important. Um, and then the right side tire animation is actually the same combination we used last year at Michigan. So um, obviously is, if you weren't already, you should be bringing in some Michigan historical data. Um, so all of that, with all that being said, I've got kind of the tire code average finish, the tire code average qualifying. I've got drive rating at Michigan over the last three years, average finish at Michigan over the last three years, career average finish at Michigan, um, the average finish average qualifying of last year. I've got the um, average finish and average qualifying of the tire code just in 2023, so excluding 2022. Um, I've got the tire code total speed, the tire code, or the similar track total speed, similar track drive rating, the loop data from Vegas, Kansas, and Michigan, um, the total speed for the full year, um, loop data for just Michigan in general, and then I've got the last six races, average finish, and drive rating. That's kind of like the momentum factor. So a lot of, lot of different data sets this, this week because um, we've got the data points. So why not use them as many as we can? Um, so I am looking at a total of, what is this, uh, 16, 17 different data sets. And this is what the model spits out. We've got number one, Denny Hamlin. Number two, Martin Truex. Number three, Kyle Larson. No surprises. Uh, number four, William Byron. 
Number five, Kevin Harvick. Number six, Joey Logano. Number seven, Chase Elliott. Number eight, Bubba Wallace. Number nine, Christopher Bell. Number 10, Ty Gibbs. Cracks the top 10, I think, for the first time this year. Um, and then, obviously, some of the notables. 11 is Bowman. 12 is Blaney. 13 is Kyle Busch. 14 is Tyler Reddick. I'm going to say 15 because I actually am going to put a bet on this guy. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, I feel like not a lot, not a ton of surprises in the model um, when you kind of spit this all out. Um, but I do think, like Ian kind of hinted at, it's very rare that you see – I don't think we're going to see a Chris Buescher this week. Uh, yeah. I think it's, it's going to be Hendrick, JTR, or Harvick, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> like, I, don't, I really don't see anybody else being able to win this race. Um, the drop-off point for me – I mentioned this pretty steep drop-off. So the top three guys are all within about a point, 1.3 points of each other. And then it's a three-point drop-off to Byron, um, a 3.7-point drop-off to Harvick, another 2.8 to Logano, another 2 to Elliot Bubba, another 2 to Bell. So, like, it's a huge drop-off between those top three guys. So, um, I probably – I haven't clicked it yet, but I'm probably just going to end up – and I might even do it tonight uh, – just end up clicking two of these guys at the top and just call it a week because the odds we're getting, I could certainly see that I'm getting much shorter – um, and practice not even really mattering. So if you well, obviously we can we can talk about it, but I that's kind of where I sit at this point in the week. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm I'm quite surprised actually, just given the fact that it feels like such a chalk week. We're actually getting some pretty compelling prices at the top. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, we're starting a six to one, so uh, it's not a week. You know, like the last couple of weeks we've had Truex at like four and a half to one on uh, Tuesday night when when lines open. Uh, not the case this week. Is Denny Hamlin is the is the uh, consensus favorite here at six six and a half to one, depending on where you shop. Uh, Kyle Larson falls him very close behind at seven to one. Uh, his JGR teammate Martin Truex Jr. eight to one. Again, Chris is top three in the model, top three in the odds board. No surprises there. Uh, and then we'll go Harvick and Byron. So by Chris's measure, unless he's a big Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, C Bell, or Ty Gibbs fan this week, um, between Hamlin, Larson, Truex. Harvick and Byron. It feels like a lot of the win equity is, is just right here up top. So um, yeah, spend as much time as you need on, on these guys, kind of who you're leaning towards, um, who maybe you're a little bit out on versus consensus. And obviously um, it feels like a week. We're just going to, we're not really playing around too far on the board, at least with the outrights. So um, who you're most compelled to maybe make a move here on Tuesday night. All right. So let me first start with a guy that scares me the most. I'm probably not going to be betting him outright. I think I, I did find a prop that I do like, but I don't know if I can get there from an outright perspective. But when I read you this, you're going to be like, well, why the fuck not? Um, but the guy that scares me in this is Harvick because let me just read you the stats, okay? Okay. Uh, in the last six, seven, eight races here, no, nine races here, Harvick has won five of them. <laughs> Uh, so let me just read it for you. Last year, Kevin Harvick. 2021, Ryan Blaney. 2020, Kevin Harvick. 2020, the first round or first rendition, Kevin Harvick. 2019, Kevin Harvick. 2019, Joe Logano. 2018, Kevin Harvick. Uh, 2018, Clint Boyer. So I don't know if you've picked up on the the memo, the memo here, but that's eight, nine it's... Fords in a row. Um, oh, okay. yeah. This is in Ford's backyard. So like Ford very much expects to run well here. Um, so that's 
scares me because I don't have a lot of Fords that are rating out well for me. Um, I've got a ton of Chevys and Toyotas um, and then Harvick. Um, so Harvick does rank out fifth for me. He's number one in drive rating, obviously, um, at Michigan. Um, number one in average finish. Um, this year, he's third in average finish at the tire code tracks. Um, I mean, he definitely scares me. But where I where I lack the confidence is the total speed metrics, right? Because yes, he's been good at average finishes here, and obviously he wins a hell of a lot here, and he knows the secret. But we're talking about in the next gen era at the comp tracks, tenth in total speed in twenty twenty three, and at the comp tracks, ninth in total speed. Um, looking at just the loop data stats at just or sorry, loop data stats at the comp tracks is ninth. Um, so it's. It's, it's kind of the, the do you trust the course horse mentality or do you yeah. trust the what the data points are telling you? And in this scenario, I don't, I'm not fading him hard by any means, but I just don't know. I don't know if I trust him enough at eight and a half to one above these other guys that I have much a much better feel on. Um, so I know everyone's probably screaming at me through the microphone like, Chris, you just read out five of the last nine races you won here. But... <laughs> As, as consistent he's been this year, I don't feel like he's had that like top end speed. Yeah, that's also uh, and, we're, and and we're coming to a race where I just feel like you really really need that that top end speed. It's not going to be strategy based. Like you you've got to have that 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 top end speed. So I don't yeah. know. D- does anything I say make you think Chris you're an idiot, or does that kind of make sense? <laughs> I'm just I'm just curious. It's like okay, so like obviously like it feels like four I think of his of his wins came like 2020 before right four like four of those wins because he didn't win in 2021 but he won in 2022 and 20 like 2020 SHR that four team was like obviously dominant like historically dominant yeah. and so like I'm more interested like in last year like what were the situ like what led him to victory last year like what was his leading form like like I feel like he's a better car in 2023 than he was in 2022 overall I could be wrong um, but was he like, was he following a similar path? Was he the dominant car last year? Because we were, we were at Sedgefield just for the audience listening. So we yep. didn't really get, I didn't get a chance to watch the full race. I watched like the end of stage three, uh, in that bar with Chris, uh, and John. So like number one, did he deserve to win last week or last year? Was he the dominant car? And number two, like when you compare lead and form to lead and form apples to apples, um, you know how did that four teams set up um, where they're coming in and kind of similar Nick? Cause, cause uh, he won last year, obviously it wasn't like Kevin Hark was, you know, the fastest car in the field every single week. You know, we were talking about Hamlin and Truex, the same guys we talked about this week, uh, this year. So uh, that would kind of be my only question. It's, it's crazy to, to your point, the fact that a guy's won five times in the last four years and like, or five years or whatever. And he, um, He's plus eight fifty in the odds board. Like, you yeah. know, if this was golf, like the dude would be like two to one, uh, like John Rahm and Torrey Pines. So, um, I know I, I just gave a lot to you, but if, if maybe you have some insights in that regard, I'd be. No, I I'm glad you asked that because I I kind of had the same thought, and it, it actually kind of makes less sense for why I'm not betting him because I did go back at last year and look like, all right, what does form look like last year coming into this race? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it looks worse than it does this year. Like, 12th in total speed. He was 12th in drive rating leading into the race. He did um, just win Richmond, though. He did just win Richmond. This time last year, he'd won Richmond yeah. before. So, it's just yeah. back to back. So, they were carrying a bit um, more, maybe. 
Yeah, and then I did bring in like the high speed intermediates. I brought in Kansas last year as well. I didn't bring in Vegas last year, but like he was rating out like nineteenth, sixteenth, and sixteenth in green flag speed and total speed for me at those comp tracks. So like he rated worse last year and still won this race. Now the the flip side of that is you ask like how did he actually run? He led thirty eight laps, but I'm, if I'm not mistaken, all, I think all thirty eight of those laps were in stage three. Yeah, I think um, right. and uh, so Bubba led twenty two, Denny led thirty eight. Ross and Suarez led 29 and 33 respectively. Trackhouse was really, really good here last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Christopher Bell led 31 as well. So it was very much a JGR Trackhouse day yeah. until the third stage. And then it was kind of a duel between Bubba and Harvick. And Harvick just got out four-second lead and, and nobody could catch him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, again, like I'm not saying do not fade this guy. Like Do not <laughs> fade this guy. Uh, let me actually go ahead and read you what I did find. Um, I did find a group bet. That I like on him um, on Bovada. Okay. Um, he is plus 240 in group B. And group B is Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, Tyler Reddick. Can I read you a list of more inconsistent guys? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, Blaney's probably been more consistent this year than last year, but Harvick is the guy I trust more than anybody in this group. Yeah. Um, so. I'll yeah, go. I think plus 240, whereas like if top five is plus 125 is all you're getting, whereas you yeah. can get plus 240 over these guys, that's the wager I've actually already placed. It, yeah, in, in my mind, he doesn't have to finish top five to beat these guys. He no. can finish eighth and beat Bell and Bredick and and uh, yeah. Yeah. and Blaney. So yeah, that's that's actually a really good find. I will I will make that move alongside you. Um and yeah, I, I do feel like if we're if we're trying to project forward into the weekend, obviously we're recording this on Tuesday night, so um we'll kind of get the lines as they originate. Um, we're pretty damn close afterwards. I do feel like Harvick is the one guy that like his price is less likely to be six to one on Sunday or like five to one on Sunday. Like I think like it could shrink you. Know, Cause I would have said that last week about the Richmond price, but he had a lot. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like more people were on Harvick at Richmond than they, they might be this week, even though just because of the short flat thing and Harvick obviously has very yeah. different history of Richmond as well. So I thought, there was a lot more buzz on Harvick's name um, last week. And so even though I would have said the same thing, I think there's a better chance. There was a better chance last week that he would have moved to 650. I know he, he opened at nine or 10 to one closed at 657 to one on Sunday morning. So um, yeah, I do think of the, of the top five guys, we spent a lot of time with Harvick of the top five guys. Like if they're, if, if I was to project forward Sunday, um, like Sunday's odds board on Sunday morning, uh, pre-race, I, I think Harvick stands the best chance of staying where he is, if that makes any sense, or yeah. even maybe even maybe dipping a few points back. Um, if Agreed, like- and and the qualified model kind of states that as well. Like he's he qualified 16th in Michigan last year, and then 14th in average qualifying to the comp tracks in the next gen era. So, yeah, I don't expect him to to qualify well, and I don't expect his number to get any shorter. So, you know, if if people want to jump on him post practice qualifying, I don't think the number is going to get any shorter. Put it that way. Um, but let's let's go ahead and talk about the other where I kind of lean at this point in the week. Um, so let me start with it, it's a very chalky week, guys. I'm sorry, it just is. Um, but let me just start with the guy I like the most. Um, and actually, it's Kyle Larson, um, who's third in my model, but he's only 0. 0.3 points in my model behind Truex. Um, so of the guys that I read out. Um, that have won at this track. I stopped in 2018 at Clint Boyer. Okay. If I go to 2017, the two races in 2017 and 2016, 
all three of Carl Larson wins. All three of Carl Larson. In the 42, also, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah, I was literally, you just beat me too. I was just about to say, and if he hasn't done that in the five. Uh, that is all in the 42 car. Um, so um, let me read off you his finishes. So obviously the three wins. Then he's got two kind of a rough stretch, 28, 17, 14th. But then since then, third, third, and seventh. So Kyle Larson is very much a very – This is, I would actually argue Michigan is one of his probably top five tracks. I think this is a, definitely a, a track that he likes stylistically. I think it fits him really well. Uh, he's third in drive rating here, third in average finish um, at just this track. And then just looking at this year, fourth in – or sorry, second in um, – oh, sorry, let me start over. Second in total speed of the comp tracks or the tire code tracks in the next-gen era. Third in total speed at the sim tracks in just 2023. Second in driver rating at the comp tracks in the in just 2023. First in loop data at the at the comp tracks, and then first in loop data over the last three years at Michigan. So a guy that I just think is is really strong. He's, he, I I hate to use the word do, but it just feels like we haven't seen Larson really have a dominant dominant race in in, in quite a while. Um, he's kind of had some some bad luck and some misfortune in some of those that caused some of those bad finishes, but. Yeah, I've I uh like I said, I haven't physically made a click yet, but I almost talked myself into making it right here as well. Uh, yeah. But at, at the price of seven to one, we could go ahead and put four and a half units on him. And if he comes out here and pulls it, which by the way, in the qualifying model, in the next gen era, fifth and average qualifying at the comp tracks. Last year here, he qualified eighth, and then in the uh, in the comp tracks in just twenty twenty three, fourth, which is only uh, behind Byron. So. I, I do think this number is going to get shorter. I really do. I think you could see Larson at five or four fifty come Sunday morning. So four and a half units coming Larson's way is is probably going to be a bet. I'm going to be quite honest. You buy if not by the end of this podcast. And to your point, I think books are kind of echoing this sentiment. You just across the board. We're talking about Bavada because that's what we have access to. But if you go to, across the legal books, uh, I'm looking at FanDuel, DraftKings, and Bet365. Larson's the favorite because that's his favorite on two of those three books. He's six to one on FanDuel, six to one on Bet365. He is. Uh, the second favorite at seven to one at DraftKings, so that's the best number you can get on the legal rotation. I'm saying, but um, but yeah, if um, it seems as if books are kind of at an impasse between the eleven and the five, and so if we're we're getting um, the five at a bit of a discount here at seven to one, I, I don't see any reason, um, especially with your with your qualifying numbers uh, there to to maybe not make a move right there. So um, good, I wore the five shirt for a reason. Uh, I knew it was ha- <laughs> I knew it was coming. I didn't actually, but. Um, in my Larson gear, uh, Larson's he's been um, slated in my one and done pool uh, to be my, my my pick here at Michigan, so he's already locked in there. So uh, why not throw the outright on there? Maybe seven to one. Um, you know what? And, and, and just to, and just to add on that, uh, you're the leader in the clubhouse in the one and done pool. Um, yeah. So the fact that you have Larson still left in the stable is is pretty big deal. Yeah, I've already I've already made the move. By the way, Chris, I've got one one twenty seven point five to one eight ninety two point five. Uh, yeah, call I, Larson. Uh, also, just okay. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you told me that the market around him was changing, I was like, I feel like every time we're recording this podcast at about 10 30, 11 o'clock, Bavada always <laughs> changes their numbers. So I was like, you know what? I better go ahead and click this. There you go. Yeah. All right. So Kyle Larson locked in at seven to one. And the thing is, like 4.5 units, you still have room for seven to one, especially if we're not really messing around with the back of the field or the outrights. Uh, if a Hamlin, a True X, a Byron, a Harvick stays around at seven, eight, nine to one, uh, still have room. So that's that's a good spot uh, to start the card. And uh, talk me through the JGR guys. Cause I feel like Hamlin and Truex, um, 
I wouldn't really associate that with a place like Michigan, but it, it seems like your numbers like them just as much as Larson. So um, is there a reason for the gap? Six to one in Hamlin, eight to one on Truex? Or, um, you know, are you more inclined maybe to take a bit of the wide value here on the 19? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you hit it perfectly. Like if when I first pulled the odds, that was the number that first stuck out to me was like Truex is eight to one. Like he's been the fastest guy all year. Like, what are we doing? Um, I will say, like, digging the numbers a little deeper, Denny it does have the better track record at Michigan. Um, and obviously, he's the number one of my model. But, he's only, like I said, he's only less than a percentage point higher than Truex for the number one spot. So, um, yeah, let me just pull up Truex's – oh, I lost my page. It went out on me. Um, Truex's finishes at Michigan. Um, he's led 187 laps in the last 10 races there, and he has finished – Pretty good. Six, six, tenth, third, third, fourth, third, <laughs> and then 14, 18th, second, sixth in the last 10 races. So pretty much top five city um, for Martin Truex. Uh, I think Denny is, is right along the same range. Uh, let me just click his name real quick. He's led 104 laps. He's finished third, fifth, second, sixth, second, 11th, eighth. So pretty yeah. similar. Um Let's see, looking at like the last six races, they're one and two in driver rating. Denny's got the better average finish. Uh, the comp tracks, actually, Denny is first in average finish in the next-gen era and in 2023. So Denny does have the comp, the comp tracks kind of laid out just a little bit better. Yeah. Um, now, Martin does have, um, obviously, the full season. He's second in total speed. Um Third in loop data at just Michigan over the last three years. Third in loop data this year at the comp tracks. Third in drive rating. Second total speed at the comp tracks in 2023. So, I mean, a lot going good for both of them. Like, I don't under yeah. quite he's, understand. He's the the six, eight gap. Right yeah, yeah. I really, if, if you asked me to make the odds, I think I would have had, I don't know if that would be able to put tricks at eight. I really don't. Like, I feel like it would have been like, I almost feel like I would have been, like sevens on Hamlin and Larson. Yeah. Actually give all three sevens, honestly, to be honest with you, like true. M make the public decide which one they want to take, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of what books are setting to be fair to you. I mean, right yeah. now it looks like true X is seven fifty to eight to one at most sites. Larson's kind of six or seven to one him. Hamlin's very much like Larson six or seven to one. So true. Yeah. does seem like he's lagging behind just in the market. I think that's mainly to do, I think with, pure Michigan history than anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hamlin should have been more upside, but they've both been very, really solid. So, um, yeah, the dilemma we have here obviously is like, if we expect them both to qualify well, and if they do, then they're going to be right there next to Larson, much likely um, kind of five, six to one. Um, but I don't know. I think I, I think, I yeah, think after ahead. talking this through, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think after talking this through, like I, I very much came in tonight thinking like, I'm going to go and have to go four and a half on Larson, three and a half on Truex and just call it a day. But now that I'm sitting here talking through it, I think I'd rather like Denny, we're kind of priced out of, I don't think we can we'd afford Denny with only three and a half units left, but yeah. Truex were right in range. But given the fact that this is in Ford's backyard, we've seen eight straight Ford winners. You know, what if, what if Lagana and Blaney come out? and have insane practice numbers, I don't think we're going to see them jump much higher than eight to one, if not, you know, longer odds than that. So there's a part of me that I feel okay waiting out. If we miss out on the Hamlin and Truex, it's okay because 
I feel pretty strongly about Larson, and we can probably catch someone else in like the 9, 10, 11 range that practices well that we didn't quite see coming. Yeah, I mean, especially on Tuesday in a NASCAR, like if you're not if you're not all in on a guy, like there's no need to force it on Tuesday. You're gonna have ample opportunities throughout the week, <clears throat> and um, and yeah. So if if I understand the the value <coughs> proposition at eight to one on a car that's that's been as fast as Truex has been, um, but yeah, if you're if you're not feeling it all the way, if if maybe there's some party that kind of still wants to bet Hamlin, maybe you know maybe we do get a bit of drift if if like Larson goes out, like if if Larson goes out there and just dominates Saturday. Or Byron, you know, Byron's had you know great practice splits on Saturday uh, for the last few months. He's been, this will be one of the fastest cars in practice and qualifying. You know, if those HMS cars show some speed, or like to your point, the Fords continue to, to carry momentum into into a track they've always historically dominated. Maybe we can get Hamlin at seven and a half, eight to one if if he's sure. a little lackluster in comparison to those guys. So it feels like you know, like we're never really going to be. Um, we got plenty of guys that we like. I feel like if there are only two guys or three guys that like you really thought could win this race, then it would maybe be a different story. But um, if you do have maybe some hope for, for nine to 12 to 14 to one, then maybe, um, you know, have some, having some money in your back pocket is never a bad thing, particularly when we've secured um, a top three driver here in Larson. So um, I guess nothing really on, non, on Byron. He's fourth in your model. Nine to one on the odds board. Uh, we talked a little bit about Byron kind of pre uh, episode here, but I guess if you were going to choose a value car, it would probably be Truex at eight over Byron at nine. Is that kind of the, the vibe I'm getting here? Yeah, hands down. Okay. Like if if I, I don't even think this is available. But if I had like a Byron Truex matchup, I would very probably heavily hit that with Truex. Okay. Um, I don't know Byron. Like obviously he's had a lot of speed here or this year. He's had a lot of speed at the comp tracks, but it's more of like the uh, you're holding your hand up. I, I can uh, confirm to you that I found a Byron Truex matchup, and not only is it available, but Truex is the underdog. Huh. Byron minus 120, Martin Truex Jr. minus 110. Um, Azabovada at 8, or at, sorry, 1021 Tuesday night. Just saying. We'll have, to, we'll have to look at that one for sure. I'm, I'm a little hesitant to hit a matchup like that as well in the week, but that feels like a, a favorite. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting to me because, like I said, I mean, just reading Byron's numbers, there's nothing, there's just nothing that like glaringly, like jumping out at me. Like for Truex, Hamlin, Larson, there's so many ones and twos across my screen. I will and say, like, I will say, you, you mentioned Kansas, Vegas as your two comps. Like Byron went what first, third in those two races. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, if if I was gonna make a devil's advocate, um, what be the devil's advocate here? Um, that would be the the argument I'd make. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel like the 19 has a lot more forward momentum right now than, than the 24. It feels like HMS is kind of spinning their tires, um, especially considering what we saw from, from them two months ago, where they're consistent the fastest team in the paddock. Whereas now, I feel like JGR is pretty much taking that mantle as of you know August 1st. Yeah, and I think the most recent like like recency bias I'm having with with Byron is Pocono. Like I feel like he burned me at Pocono when like he was he was like the fastest guy on Saturday and then yeah. like kind of disappeared on Sunday. And then um, weird race too. It was a weird race. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't know I can get there on, on Byron. I'm kind yeah. of, I think it's a lot of recency bias, but I'm just, I feel like burned on him because I feel like I've played three or four top five tickets on him in the last month or two. And I feel like only one or two of them cash. So like, I don't know. I'm feeling really, really hesitant. I get- 
about Byron. I don't know. I, it's, it's, I think it's like I said, I think it's just the recency factor because like he's of, of drive rating average finish in the last six races, that momentum factor, he is behind the three guys in front of him. So like, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing is I was going to say like, if there were, if there, so if there were a, a team based on recent performances, I think gotten dominant this race, it'd be the 11 and 19. And then you have, at least with Larson, you have like HMS is on a, a bit of a downslope, but you have their historic markers for Larson. Whereas Byron, I feel like, is in the same camp as Larson in that like HMS hasn't showed that top tier speed in a few months, but he also doesn't have really the historical markers that Larson has at a track like Michigan. So um, it's one of those, it's one of those kind of, um, I don't know. In P in PJ DFS, we'd call it fish food, where like it, it seems really really good, like the price seems so good, but it, in the actuality, it's um, you'd be better off just maybe going for just paying up for. Um, a, a more premium option, I should say. So, all right. Uh, I think that's uh, 40 minutes of discussion or so on uh, the top five guys. So top let's, five. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk through – let's get into the double digits here because there are more than just five drivers in this race. Um, and starting at 10 to 1, it, it doesn't drop off the cliff as far as an odds perspective goes, but we do have uh, a new tier here in the double digits starting with Kyle Busch at 10 to 1. We have Christian Bell here at 12 to 1. Um it was notably one of the faster cars last year. I remember I had a ticket on Seabell, and uh, he, he got involved with Suarez and Chastain and ruined his day. Uh, and then the two Penske drivers, uh, to Chris's point earlier, Ford's a lot of historic success around Michigan. And Logano and Blaney both coming at 12-1. to 1. So this feels like um, – I mean, I personally don't know why Kyle Busch is at 10-1. to 1. Maybe you can uh, amend that uh, confusion for me, but – at this point, that eight car, like it would take a severe discount for me to ever consider betting Kyle Busch at this point in the year. But um, yeah, talk us through kind of some favorites, some some guys that you're you're not so enthused about from kind of 10, 12 to one. Uh, Bush, Bell, Logano, Blaney being um, the four in, in question. So let me start with the guy that I think, uh, like you just said, you want me to convince you to live on Kyle Busch. Um, Michigan histor- history is very much in play. Um, Kyle Bush, even though he didn't rank out so well for me in my model, he is sixth in drive rating at Michigan over the last three years. But not only that, if you look back at the last 10 years, with the exception of last year, which at this point last year was, I think, about the time we started to find out, like, oh shit, he's actually not coming back to JGR. Um, so he finished 36 in this race last year. But prior to that, nine straight top tens. He's the only guy, uh, or he's actually the leader in the paddock with the most top tens at Michigan. Um, so very much a guy that I think, uh, knows his way around this place. Now, everything else doesn't look so great. Yeah. <laughs> like the, he's been very inconsistent this year. Um, I mean, 14th and average finish of the contracts. Um, let's see. And that's just, or sorry, 14th and average finish of the contracts in the next gen era, 16th and average finish in the contracts in 2023. Um, the, best thing he's got going for him is his total speed at the contracts in 2023 is 10th so he is lingering right around that top 10 mark however his top 10 price is just out of play so like right. yeah i don't i don't hate kyle bush like i feel like at this point with the inconsistency like if i'm gonna bet i'm gonna bet him outright like i can't see myself betting kyle bush props uh, but the all price is bad <laughs> But yeah, not at 10 to 1. I'm not saying like, I'm not trying to convince myself on this price. I'm just saying if there was a guy that we saw drift on, yeah, on, or not even drift, let's just say he practices pretty well on Saturday mm-hmm. and his price kind of stays consistent because maybe other guys run so much quicker than him, I could be talked into Kyle Bush for sure. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I say the outright price is bad, but I mean, I stand corrected because on the three illegal books I talked about earlier, Kyle Bush 8 to 1, 
eight to one plus seven fifty. Uh, so ten <laughs> looks like a fucking value compared to those three prices. Um, but it feels like to me, he, this is like the Xander Shoffley corollary where his, his outright price is inflated because his top 10, um, or is so high. Yeah. Whereas I, I feel like the win equity is actually maybe a little bit, um, it's not priced in, uh, to, to 10 to one, but Hey, I've been a bit of a Kyle Busch, uh, detractor for quite some time now. Uh, and I feel like I've gotten a little bit of pushback on, uh, in some NASCAR circles. So maybe I'm, I'm, I'm just not seeing what people, other people are seeing in terms of the data, but, um, but yeah, it would take it would take some convincing for me to really be too enthused with Kyle Busch right now. But I will uh, say at at some of the comp tracks, so like I said, Auto Club isn't a main comp for me, but I fancy race labels that as a main comp. Kyle Busch did win Auto Club, sure. And then if you look back at last year, he was number one in total speed at Pocono and Michigan last year. In the um, JGR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, okay, let's compare then. How did Reddick do at those same tracks? So Reddick was number one in total speed at Kansas, which is another comp track. Um, number four at Pocono, but that's this year. So last year, number five at Auto Club, number, number one at Kansas, number eight at Pocono, number 17 at Michigan. So yeah, eight car. Uh, yeah. We've been kind of, we've, I know that there's people in the community who have been kind of pairing like where Reddick did good last year, Kyle Bush has kind of done good. Uh, so this is not one of those points. So I can see that argument as well. Um, yeah. Let's talk about, let's talk about the Penske guys. Yeah. Um, this is another week. I feel like I can't even feel. I can't like remember how many times I brought this up. But Logano is six for me in the model, um, mainly based on Michigan history. Um, not only that, but I feel like this is just such a thing for these Penske boys. But the qualifying speaks very highly for these guys. Uh, Joey actually is number one in my qualifying model this week. Um, first in the next gen era at the comp tracks. First in twenty twenty three at the comp tracks, and fourth last year at Michigan in qualifying. So a guy that I think could be very fast uh, on Saturday and move up the odds boards is, is, is a Logano type. Blaney actually has um, a little bit worse qualifying, but arguably a better Michigan track record. Blaney has actually won here um, two years ago, actually. And he's fifth in drive rating, ninth in average finish, um, and then finished fifth here last year. So, Again, Ford's backyard, I think this race brings a lot to them. I don't expect Ford to come out here and flop. So there's a reason why I do, I've kind of talked myself into tonight into saving a little bit of the budget because I can see myself potentially landing on a Lagana or Blaney come, come Sunday. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. I do want to see his practice numbers, obviously, but they both have, they both have the ability to start up towards the front. Um, I haven't really convinced myself to bet qualifying yet, but if I do, it's probably going to be one of these two guys. Yeah. Um, so I could see myself definitely landing probably on Logano. Logano seems like he's had, like, it seems like I can never escape this guy. Like every time I want to fade him and I look up and he's like third and I'm like, how the hell did he get there? Like he hasn't been here all day. Oh yeah. He's the worst dude to like pick on, pick on a matchups. Cause he'll be running 28th all day long. And then like Paul Wolf or him will just be a genius on a pit stop one time. And like, he'll be six before you know it. So I'm yeah. actually, when you, touted that group B matchup of Harvick over uh, Bell, Blaney, and Reddick. I was like, oh, thank God Logano's not in it. Because if I had Logano, I would have been like, I'm I'm, I'm almost against doing that, even a plus 240, just based on the fact that Logano's just snake bit so many just, like, surefire matchup wins. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I do agree. Like, I feel like Logano's definitely more live. Like, I feel like the, the better Penske shows up, like, if Penske shows up and they're fast, Blaney's more dangerous. If yeah. Penske shows up and they're average, like, Logano is, like, 
Like I would be more like I would be more prone to bet Blaney eight to one. I'd be more prone to bet Logano like twenty to one. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like it depends on kind of how Pepke shows up. Uh, yeah, to- and that yeah. checks out because I think I think a few of the tickets we cash on Logano, well, last year and this year have all been like fourteen or or longer tickets. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Logano is a guy I definitely think he surprised me in the model being sixth. Um, and he, like I said, he's first in the qualifying model. Um, and then the guy who is second in the qualifying model is Christopher Bell. Um, so don't, don't do it another guy. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, 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 no. I am not there, Christopher Bell. I'm actually was trying to lead in the fact that Ian, don't hate me for saying this, but Christopher Bell is kind of dead to me at the moment. Like, I just bad. like, yeah. I just, I'm having trust issues. I really am. Like, I feel like every time I get suckered by his price, like last, like last week, for example, last week is like a fit to the T track style for Christopher Bell. His yeah. number practice numbers were good. I would say good ish, right? Like, Depending on who you're using as your source, I would say there's one source out there who had him rated really highly, and there's another source that had him really low. Um, So I was choosing to say, like, all right, well, this is a track record. Who would I be pissed if I missed out on at that track style? It was Christopher Bell. So, like, I got suckered. This week, I don't have that same conviction. Like, you know, the only race that I can even remember him having a lot of speed at this year that's a comp track is Charlotte. In Charlotte, he was on rails. Um, How was he at Pocono? It's only been two weeks. I feel like I've forgotten... Was he, I thought he was kind of yeah he was kind of good at Pocono. I, uh, I guess if, he made up front. His total speed probably wasn't great. Yeah, his total speed's twelfth, so he must have had something happen. Where did he actually finish? Let's see. I don't know if he finished well. I just remember he wrecked Larson <laughs> in stage one. Yeah, he did do that. Yeah, um, like restart. Was, yeah, you're probably you're right. Like I'm definitely not betting Bell at twelve at Richmond like pre-race. You know what I mean? Like eight, this is not a track where you're like where Bell's the first look you make, you know, like if it was yeah. Richmond or if it was New Hampshire, like you're like, all right, where's Seabell on the odds board? Um, here, I feel like even, yeah, there's there's just too many good options and and Bell's not, like it would take a pretty pretty dramatic discount for me to really consider him 20 right now. So Yeah, so he finished six, but he was nowhere to be found in the top 10 in stage one or two. So I don't know. We're, I think we're on the same page with Seabell. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, anyways, that, that kind of ends that conversation. I don't really have a lot of conviction for, for Seabill. Now watch, he's going to come out and absolutely dominate this race. But um, I wouldn't be bad. <laughs> I just, I need, I think like, it's kind of almost like the, the Ryan Blaney approach I had last year, or I'm trying to think of a golf example, but like, I feel like the first victory for him this year, like miss it. We're going to miss it. Yeah. Yeah. The Tigala corollary, prove it to me, and then I'll I'll believe. Yeah. But I get you, I get you. Maybe when we get, I don't know, what's the next like Sea Bell track that we're going to? I mean, he's pretty decent. He's, I mean, Toyota, with how with how well Toyota's running road courses, and he's a pretty good road course racer. I think the next two weeks are pretty alive for him. Oh yeah, the Roval dude, the Roval. But the, yeah. the return. Yeah, there you go. The return of the miracle. The miracle of Charlotte. All right, let's get let's get into the next phase. We're 50, we're treating this like a golf episode. We're fifty five minutes in, and we're, we got through eight names. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're going into the fourteen to sixteen to one range, and still not really much of a steep drop off. I mean, there's my mouth got thirteen drivers underneath sixteen to one, which is kind of crazy. Um, but actually, we'll throw Chastain in there eighteen to one. 18 to 1. So from fourteen to eighteen to one. We have the two 23XI teammates. Bubba, we talked about uh, earlier, comp- contended at this race last year. Tyler Reddick's shown some speed. 
Um, you know, semi consistently here at 14 to one as well. So if you're if you're buying the 23 XI recent form, um, I mean you're not really getting much of a price here, but 14 to one on each of those guys. Brad Kozlowski feels like a bit of a buy high spot at, at 16 to one around Michigan, although you know Penske um, and Ford you've talked about have been quite fast, even though he's not in a Penske car anymore. But um, wouldn't surprise me to see Kozlowski with some decent form. He's at 16 to one. Uh, Chase Elliott, 16 to one feels like a stay away. We took our shot last week and, uh, yeah, not a lot to say there. And then Chastain, 18 to one, um, another guy who feels like you kind of have to prove it to me before I really start investing money on a Tuesday night. So, um, I guess Chastain did have the, uh, the track house form from last year, maybe to maybe stand on 18 to one compelling number for a guy we know we can win. Um, but between Bubba, Tyler, uh, Brad, Chase, and Ross, uh, is there any kind of interest here in this range or are we moving on maybe? deeper into the thirties before we find um, a potential long shot. Yeah. Since we are 56 minutes in, I'm going to make this quick. There's not a lot of interest here. The only guy that I'll potentially talk myself into is, is Bubba uh, yeah. just because we were on him a year ago here. And I think he's arguably be arguably been better at yeah. the comp tracks than he was last year. Um, he's shown a lot of speed um, on the comp tracks, actually sixth in total speed and the contracts in 2023, fourth in drive rating, fourth in loop data. So a guy that I think, um, is definitely going to run really well. I expect him to qualify well as well, um, well as well. But fourteen to one, I feel like, is a tough price to swallow this early in the week. Like the books yeah. have kind of caught on to like, oh, Bubba's actually pretty good at these intermediates. All of a sudden, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I, how much is the number really going to move from fourteen if he qualifies well? I don't envision it going much higher than twelve to one. There's just no way. Yeah. Um, so, Bubba again, another guy that I feel very comfortable waiting on, and we can click him on Sunday if we need to. Uh, other than that, that is literally the only guy I have an interest in any of these guys because, like, Ross, I think, showed the most speed from last year. But, again, what has he done for us lately since Nashville? Like, nothing. Like, he's been – he's all of a sudden disappeared again. Um, so, yeah, I just I can't convince myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I didn't really feel a lot of strong opinions on this range anyway. Um, yeah, Brad at 16 feels like, a again, a bit of an, a bit of an overpay, but um, – I think based on your numbers, he wasn't he wasn't even inside the top twelve or fourteen. So I think you'd probably agree with that. Let's move on into the thirty to one range, forty to one range, where I think um, you know obviously we're talking a bit more about placements here. But I did I did hear I guess in a bit of your breakdown uh, after the top twelve new model, you mentioned maybe having some interest in the long shot. So maybe it comes here from thirty to forty to one. We have four names here, starting with Ty Gibbs at thirty to one, uh, who was top ten in your model. Uh, Alex Bowman who was 11th in your model at 40 to one, Chris Busher at 41 and then Daniel Suarez at 40 to one, who if I had to guess is, is kind of the guy you might be eyeing um, here with track. I've shown a lot of speed last week or I'm sorry, last year at Michigan uh, 41, maybe on, on Suarez might be an enticing uh, nibble early in the week or maybe in the, in the prop market. So Gibbs, Bowman, Busher, Suarez. Um, did I start anything up there uh, on that side of the monitor brother? Or are we uh, moving on? <laughs> No, no, you're you're in the right range. Um, nothing. I have nothing else outright. Um, yeah. But props, obviously. So Ty Gibbs, tenth in my model, um, actually finished tenth here last year in only his second ever Cup race, third ever Cup race. Um, cool. So really impressive from, from that track record. And then this year at the Comp Tracks has run really well. I mean, he's nearing right on that top ten edge for like all the stats like his loop data last year is actually six but then if you look at the contracts this year 12th in total speed 
um, 14th in driver rating, 14th in the loop data, 13th on, on total speed on the year. But to be top 10 in my model, this is the highest he's been ranked this year, and we can get plus 175 for a top 10. I actually did go ahead and click that. Um, I, I do expect, you know, obviously with the other Toyotas, I do expect the Toyota to run well, and I think this is a good a good spot for Ty. Also, I went back and looked at his Finney track record. He won here uh, last year. So um, I think this is a really good spot for Ty. Uh, the other guy I have interest in, in is uh, Daniel Suarez. You did you nailed it. Um, so we're going back to the group market here. Um, on Bovada, there is a group of Group I. We've got Chris Busher, Daniel Suarez, Eric Almarola, and Ryan Priest. The only guy in that range that scares me is Busher. But Suarez, if Trackhouse finds the speed from last year at plus 225, <laughs> yeah. sign me up. Um, so even though he doesn't rate out well for me, um, I'm willing to trust the speed we saw last year. Like I said, he led, what was that? What did I say? Like 20-something laps, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he led 30, 33 laps last year. Um, and the one stat that I have for him that's really glaring for me is he's 10th in the loop data um, at the comp tracks this year in 2023. So that's at Vegas, Kansas, and then Michigan last year, he ranks 10th. So to be top 10 in that group, I don't think that's even like, like I said, I think Busher is the only one that even scares me, but that's only based on the speed we saw this past week. Other than that, Busher is only ranked one spot ahead of him in my model. So like, I, and he didn't show any really anything that scares me last year at Michigan. So um, yeah, Suarez in the group, I bet is, is the interest there. Um, And I do have one other, um, group, uh, not group bet, sorry, uh, top 10 bet. Um, but it's in the next range, actually. So, sorry, I got ahead of myself. I'll skip, I'll wait till you read it out. <laughs> hey, that's all right, man. It's, it's it's your show. I mean, I think audience members at this point, after the uh, Larson outright and the 40 minutes spent on the uh, the top five guys there, <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of just going forward and, and, and looking forward for the picks. So, um, let's move on into past 40 to one and drop from 40 to 80. Uh, so that'll tell you everything you need to know about the books opinion of these guys win equity but um we have austin dylan eric jones uh both at 80 to 1 with eric almirola and ryan priest both at 100 to 1 um i mean you can just stop me whenever risk is 150 to 1 that's kind of i don't know that's kind of crazy i'm a sucker even 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 if it's only based on the fact that he finished 11 last week at richmond i don't even think i don't think that's the one that's i'm gonna let you keep reading because that's not the one that's surprising to me like go ahead and keep reading okay, okay. so so stenhouse is 125 to 1 uh, Cindric is 150, Briscoe's 150, Dinger's 200, Haley's 250. Um, one more. Michael McDowell 251. Is that your is that your play right there? I mean, Four? I'm not playing that, but does that not seem crazy? Like, if any of these guys have showed speed, like, True. it's been Michael oh. McDowell. I just don't think he should be priced with these guys at 250 to one. Um, I mean, he ranks very poorly in my model, but. <laughs> But 11th and average finish over the last six, over the last six races, like the momentum yeah. factor. So it's like, did the win is the win equity there? Probably not. But like, I just think that number is ridiculous. Um, but I'm let me back up though. Let me go back to the 80, 80 to one is where the other bet was. Um, not outright, but um, at a price of plus three fifty, you can get a top ten bet on Eric Jones. Eric oh, Jones wow. is fifteenth in my model. But let me keep going. 12th in average finish at the comp tracks in the next-gen era. 13th in drive rate at Michigan. 14th in average finish at Michigan. Um, finished 8th here last year. Qualified 10th. He's 6th in average finish over the last six races this year in 2023. Um, 14th in average finish at the comp tracks. And 12th in uh, ranks 12th in the loop data at the comp tracks. So, 
I just feel like at three and a half times your money worth just like a little sprinkle, maybe like a half unit. I kind of like this. Okay. My only concern with this, um, I'm trying to be trying to be skeptical on Jones because I, I'm typically a sucker for these type of events, but <laughs> I feel like Michigan is not maybe the place to take long shot top tens because I, I feel like with speed being such a big factor, I don't feel like this is a, it's a place where you're going to have a lot of cautions or strategy. And so he's going to have to kind of displace one of these top guys that we've already talked about. Hamlin, Larson, Truex, Harvick, Byron, Kyle, Seabell, Logano, Blaney, Bubba, Reddick, Keselowski. That's 12 right there. You know, so he has to beat three of those guys. Then you have Ty Gibbs and Chastain and Elliott and Suarez. I understand you're getting three after one in your money. I'm not trying to poo-poo that. Um, I feel like for me, I would almost rather take the shot on Jones like in a matchup against another like shitbox. Um, but then again, you're the guy with the data in front of him. So it's just my outside perspective. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I haven't seen Eric Jones on a TV in like since Darlington last year. I swear to God, this guy's not even been on my like TV screen in the last year or so. So um, I'm looking through his race results now. Uh, what if, 20- all right, hold on. Yeah. What if I told you that he's already done it once this year and twice last year, the top 10 at the comp tracks, the, at the comp, tra- not even just in general, just at the yeah. comp tracks, ninth yeah, at Pocono. Okay. Third at Auto Club last year, eighth at Vegas last year. Yeah, that's compelling. And, that's, and the second iteration of Vegas, not the first iteration. The second the second iteration in the playoffs. Yeah. So I will say though, Pocono was a weird fucking race. And like I don't think he was a top ten car by any means. I think I think he kind of hit I think him and like let me go back and see like Pocono's um race results because i know there's a few cars at the back end of that top 10 that should not have been there it was strategy it was pitch strategy for sure yeah he was 18th in total speed so yeah i i'll be honest chris you might have to go without me you might have to red solo this one i i'm i'm not one to actually like mess with props all that much but you you've sold me on harvick uh in his group you saw me on suarez in his group you see my you saw me on ty gibbs top 10 so i'm i'm done with props uh if ej hits it plus 350 for y'all uh, top 10 then I'll, I'll be happy for you but i i gotta see it first i i, I see no light that's fair no i mean it's 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 definitely a a long shot throw like i'm not saying like at most we're doing like a quarter half half a unit here yeah, yeah um but i just feel like he was one of the guys that surprised me other than tigers being the top 10 eric jones being the top 15 in my model very much surprised me sure um, so i just feel like i had to have something on him okay yeah absolutely understand Absolutely understand. So that is going to pretty much do it, I would say, for our uh, our episode here. Got over an hour, um, but and, and got some bets in, which is nice for a Tuesday. I know sometimes we can be a little wishy-washy, just waiting on practice and qualifying. But Chris, uh, with some nice insights, and obviously we've already made some clicks. So uh, at the top of the board, we have locked in Kyle Larson at seven to one. Um, very interested, obviously, in Hamlin and Strux, how that dynamic plays out. See what Harvick does in practice and qualifying. Um, Byron, we're a little bit further out on, but obviously could be convinced by a nice Saturday. Uh, but yeah, definitely the JGR guys and uh, Harvick would be our our the closest we'd come to maybe making a second click uh, before practicing qualifying. Uh, moving on into kind of the teens, we like the prospects of the two Fords, Logano and Blaney, if they qualify well. Uh, Fords obviously had a ton of success here, Penske's um, in the past. So chances on Logano and Blaney. Uh, moving past there, it gets pretty skinny from out wide perspective. Uh, we did lock in Harvick as a group winner, a plus 240 over Bell, Blaney, and Reddick. Um, we did lock in Suarez as a group winner over at plus 225 over Busher, Amrol, and Priest. 
and we did lock in a Ty Gibbs plus 175 top 10 and Eric Jones top 10 plus 350. So those are Chris's initial leans. I mean, like I said, quite a bit of content on a, uh, on a Tuesday night. And obviously we're going to have the extensive card uh, built on a Saturday night, Sunday morning. So um, yeah, good talk. I think, uh, like I said, I think NASCAR community kind of has this race pegged. I, I felt, I felt a lot of confidence in, in y'all's discourse uh, over the first couple of days of the week, kind of looking forward into Richmond or I'm sorry, past Richmond into Michigan. Um, and so, yeah, can't wait. Hopefully Kyle gets the job done for us. It's been way too long for my favorite driver to, um, to find victory lane. It feels like he's had plenty of chances and not quite capitalized. So hopefully it's, it's for us this week at seven to one, but uh, yeah, stay tuned on Twitter. Um, obviously give a listen to Derek's Twitter show tomorrow. Phil's like Phil's already got his podcast out. Um, obviously worm and, and Mark and, and Rory all have content out. Seth will have content out. So plenty of stuff coming up from Michigan um, and kind of the final oval before we head into the playoffs. So it's, <laughs> we've had a nice little stretch here, like uh, Pocono and New Hampshire, Richmond, um, some nice extended green flag runs. And then next week we have the, uh, the chaos <laughs> the next two weeks, we have the chaos of road courses. And then obviously Daytona, to end the regular season. Maybe this is your last chance to, to lock in some nice, safe top tens uh, before we start really throwing some darts here at some other the alternative tracks. But um, yeah, in any case, enjoyed talking with uh, with Chris here, and I'll let him sign off uh, for the Firekeepers from Casino 400. Yeah, no, I think you summed up perfectly there. I think this is the last chance before the playoffs to really have a really good feel on the odds board. Um, I think yeah. the next two weeks are Red Course has been tough this year. I think. I don't know exactly what my count is, but I don't think it's good. <laughs> I think I'm very negative at the road courses this year. Um, so definitely fade me the next two weeks. Um, we but, cashed, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll give Chris, I'll give Chris's flowers. He cashed Reddick at, at, okay. At, we did uh, do that. Yeah. Texas, so uh, the um, last two may be a bit ugly, but Hey, it is what it is. And then we've got obviously Daytona, which we, we always look forward to the super speedways. Um, I had another point that I was going to bring up and I think I lost it, but anywho, um, is enjoy enjoy this week at Michigan, Eric. If you're still listening at this point, enjoy the weekend. Anybody going, you know, make sure you reach out to him. Um, yeah. But yeah, it feels good to have. This is probably the most bets we've had on a Tuesday night in a while. I feel like we've been kind of playing it safe the last few weeks. So um, by my calculations, from what I've tallied, I've got nine units already invested. So um, feels good to be feels good to be back. Um, I'm kind of stalling because I was trying to figure out what my other point was going to be, but it's not coming to me. So whatever, forget it. Um, yeah, good luck everybody and. Keep a lookout for the final card come Saturday morning, Sunday, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Um, oh, I don't think I read the schedule, by the way. The race is at 2.30 on Sunday. Qualifying practice, practice is 12.30 and 1 o'clock on Saturday. So um, that is the schedule for the weekend. But anyways, signing off. We'll see you guys next week.